1: Go to quince.com/slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on this episode of Fan of History. Hello, Dan. Hello, Bernie.
3: Let's begin this episode of 630s with uh, some interesting characters and laws. All right. So uh, someone is born in 630 BC. He is. I forgot to mention her. And her? Yes. Who is she? She is the poet on the Isle of Lesbos. Who hmm. is responsible for the meaning of the word lesbian? We will talk. Really? Yeah, we'll talk more about her when uh, when she starts writing stuff.
2: Okay. She Maybe we can do some of her quotes.
3: Yes, we can do lesbian quotes. That would be great.
2: That would be great. I know. I, I know Lily would like that. So we'll do some lesbian quotes.
3: And uh, when we are in um, in that realm, we'll talk about something much more sinister
2: really formal pederasty how about that yeah yeah you know we had a message I, I had a message from a listener about that okay and he was asking about you had mentioned it in an episode I think not one of my episodes when we were together okay so I think you should, should tell us a little bit about it if you know
3: 630 BC is the date given for the introduction of formal pederasty. That is love between men and boys. And this happens in Crete. So it's a law. It's something decided that pederasty is a good thing because it helps with population control and with education. And this will go rampant in Athens later. Wow. But not in Sparta, as we have discussed. Because yeah. Spartans can't have men having sex with boys, because men have to have sex with women, so there can be more Spartans.
2: Didn't they have a buddy in the army? I thought they had a buddy. You know, they would when you got into the army, you got a buddy, you know, an older buddy. Yes.
3: But, um, and this is much debated, but when I looked deeply into that when I made the Spartan episode, it seems that... The Spartans were quite homophobic, oh. because they had to have more Spartans, but that doesn't go for uh, many other Greeks of the time.
2: Yeah, At, uh, History on Fire did a, recently did a podcast on the, the the band of Thebes, and he discussed and some. There, so there were some that were, you know, for, and some against, you know.
3: Yes, the Sac- Sacred Band of Thebes is a pretty beautiful story, I think. Um, I don't think it involves pederasty because these guys were uh, adults, adult warriors. No, it doesn't involve
2: but- pederasty. No, 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 definitely not. But just the, it, um, um, Dinelli I uh, podcast, I talk, you know, some, some of the leaders were against that they, they didn't, they were, they didn't think it was a good thing. Homosexual being homosexual. Some did and some didn't. It wasn't a hundred percent accepted, I guess, but it wasn't like today. It's a good podcast. If you ever get, listen to a history on fire
3: we'll talk more about Pederast in Athens when um, we get to classic Athens. Okay.
2: So yeah, dark subject. New subject. Yes. What else we got? We're going to talk about the Olympics. We have some
3: colonies founded. Let's just mention them.
2: We'll mention them and I think we're going to we're going to I'm going to try to come back to you guys with more of them, right? You tell me tell me some of these colonies.
3: Miletus, the great uh, great city city on the coast of Turkey. Uh, They go into the Black Sea and found the colony of Sinope. Okay. Messana founds the colony of Hymera on Sicily. And the Greek presence on Sicily is growing. And you know who doesn't like that? Carthaginians. Oh, yes, they hate it. For now, it's great to have someone nearby to trade with, but soon trouble will be brewing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Greeks are moving into Egypt at this time too. There's no colony per se because Egypt is there, but they kind of do. They have a I think it's the, uh, there's an island. I think it's Elephantine. There's an island that the, they let the they let the Greeks uh, trade on. So they're really starting to find this area.
3: Psameticus or Samtik, the Egyptian pharaoh. He has yeah. so many names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who is there is an Assyrian vassal, but uh, Assyria is kind of losing contact with him. Yeah. He is importing Greeks. He loves Greeks, and not in a pederast way. Right. <laughs> so he's importing merchants and soldiers from Greece, and from mainly from uh, the uh, Greek-like states in Turkey.
2: Yeah. And a lot of those um, Carians and Greeks are coming there. Yes.
3: So, let's talk about him. This is the 26th dynasty. Yeah. And Semiticus put there, and his family put there in, under such dire circumstances during the Assyrian campaigns there. He is just enjoying himself. He is the yeah. pharaoh of Egypt for 54 years, which is also contested, of course. Uh, at some point, he is carrying out a 29 year siege of Ashdod, jeez, which is a city in uh, east on yeah in the Levant. Uh, nobody knows exactly when this happened, but he had 54 years to do it. So uh, during half his
2: reign, he is besieging Ashdod. Yeah, that's crazy stuff. I remember there's some sc- papers on that too, because Cause that was also like he must. Assyria had to be super weak by then. Well, it's not super weak yet, and
3: uh, but he's just handling Assyria and have a great relationship with them. He is keeping the Nubians in the south, far away from Egypt, and he also has no problems with with the Libyans.
2: But then, he, I mean, he must be besieging Ashdod for the. And the, for the Assyrians, because it can't be an Assyrian city if he's besieging it. No,
3: it's definitely not Assyrian. And maybe he did it on order from Ashurbanipal.
2: That's what I mean, because didn't didn't Sennacherib take Ashdod back in his day? Pretty sure when he... We will notice that when
3: Sematicus realizes that the Assyrian Empire is crumbling, he will come to save it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, south of Egypt... We have, there are really very few uh, news from Egypt. It seems quite stable at this time. Yeah. But south of Egypt is Kush and the Nubians. And they have been beat down. They've been driven out of Egypt long ago now. But they still keep up appearances. Mm -hmm. And we have Senkhamonisken.
2: Oh, you're the best.
3: (laughs) Who thinks he's uh, the pharaoh. But he is the king of Kush. And he takes power probably because dating uh, Kush is very hard. But he is probably taking the throne in 640 BC uh, peacefully. And he will be ruling for 20 years. And they are keeping, they are making Egyptian statues. They have hieroglyphs. They are like, oh, we are the Egyptians. But newsflash, you're not. Great. <laughs> right. well, this would be like Taharqa's family? Yes. And they're claiming that, uh, no, it's just an Assyrian puppet on the throne
2: of Egypt. We are the real pharaohs. Oh, right. That could play well, I imagine, in the the temples and stuff. There is actually
3: an inscription in Egypt mentioning this guy, Sen Kamanisken. He appears on a fragment on an offering table from Memphis. So he has maybe contributed to the temple there or something? Yeah. It's their, I mean, their old uh, hood. It's like we yeah.
2: remember Memphis. It was nice. Yeah, before the Assyrians messed it up, and now this guy's friends with him. They're really two different groups. Think about it. Like the, I think the Nubians were probably were more Egyptian. If you think about it, like, you know, this Semiticus guy, he's got all these Greeks, he's into the Greeks, he's probably somewhat Libyan. He's kind
3: of moving on. Whereas the, the yeah, crew, true. Nubians are just, oh no, we're doing the same.
2: want to make Egypt great again. <laughs>
3: yes, he actually even <laughs> builds the pyramids. He's buried in a pyramid in Nuri.
2: Oh, this guy does. Yes. That's pretty cool. They, they found all those pyramids. Have you seen that? They, all those pyramids they found in Nubia that they've just been recently excavating. It's pretty interesting. Wow, interesting. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Taharka's not really buried there with the rest of them. Remember, he was on Jebel Barco, but there's this whole, all these kings in Nubia that they've, it's a big Smithsonian dig, it's a whole.
3: But the Nubians are kept away. Yeah. And let's leave them and go to Judah. Back to Judah. Yes, the one remaining Jewish kingdom ruled by Josiah Yeah. Who, uh,
2: Isn't it weird was, that his son, his name was Ammon, it was such an English name. I mean, it was such an Egyptian name. That's just really... Uh,
3: Josiah was uh, also a bit hard to label but in 641 or 640, he becomes the king of Judah at the age of eight.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, he, he rules for 31 years, which is, of course, because he started at eight, so he... Right. <laughs> That's quite short, actually. But Uh, the bible both kings and chronicles say that he did the right things he was a good you
2: oh they love him
3: but remember that uh, the true faith uh, described in the old testament is not clearly defined yet that will happen during the exile in Babylon Mm -hmm. but he's doing good things the bible loves him and they really don't speak much about him we only know this guy from biblical text. Right. Nobody else mentioned him. The Assyrians don't mention him, Egypt doesn't mention him, Babylon doesn't mention him. We don't have any archaeological evidence for him. But it seems hard to imagine somebody else on the throne of Yuda at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean I have to go with you there. I mean yeah, I, I, I didn't realize we had zero evidence because we know he has a little tit a little te- what would just say a little fight with Egypt later on but um it's um yeah he's also the guy that introduces deuteronomy during his time oh the book of deuteronomy i think believe we have an episode on that yes me and gary did so deuteronomy was found in the temple under the reign of of uh uh josiah and it's such a so anachronistic to me it's just like no way moses wrote that 600 years before it's so, you know, so many things about the time. And it's basically like how you have to worship God, like how, you know, the ritual and stuff like that. A lot of ritual. in it, And they said, we weren't doing this right. And we've been, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we have to do it the right way. And um, he smashed all the other t- idols and, you know, not like not like his grandfather, Wicked, Wicked, Manassas and all that. Hmm. But that Amon thing just really, I really, just, just think about it. Like. Ashdod is being besieged by the Egyptians for all this time. And then there's like this Egyptian named amon, Like a, a weird name is, the, you know, King in Judah. And then this other guy, he's smashing the other idols. I mean, we don't really think of the go think of the Assyrians as like religious warriors where they made you do their religion, but they kind of did. You still kind of had to do the things. And it's kind of, I don't know, I just feel like they're so unraveling around this time. You know, and this, I think with what we think, maybe Asher Ashurbanipal either is sick. They don't know. He doesn't say anything. He's either sick.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Retired, you know, dead, just hanging out. don't know. I don't
3: think, I, I'm not sure that Josiah controls us Dodd
2: no, he doesn't, but you said that the Semiticus is, is attacking Ashdod. Ashdod's not that far from Jew- Jerusalem.
3: Definitely not.
2: Yeah. So, you know, they don't have the total control over there.
3: And sad to say, Judah is not a very important place in the 630s BC. It's a, a small Assyrian vassal state.
2: But what's happening there will have a lot of ram, right? At this time, with them doing the Deuteronomy and smashing out all the other gods and becoming pure Yahwehists. That's going to have a lot of ramifications for today, won't you say?
3: It will. (laughs) Let's mention the powerful Median Empire.
2: Yeah, they must be getting powerful by now.
3: It's uh, so unclear. Yeah. I think if there even was a Median Empire. But the Medes are around. They've been around for a long time. They are hiding out in uh, the mountains in what is today Iran. And uh, they are having a lot of trouble with uh, uh, the Scythians. Yeah. Uh, They are ruled at this time. And of course, in the great tale of Cyrus the Great, they control the Persians at this time as well. So the Persians are under median control. Okay. They are ruled by Fraortes. But the dating of this guy is
2: incredibly hard. It's so hard to tell if it's, I know. That's the Greek name for him too, right? That's the Greek name for him too, so he could add another name.
3: Oh, yes, yes. He is uh, the second king of the Median Empire in the Greek sources. Uh, He either dies in 653 BC, that is long before this episode, but other sources have him dying in 625, which would have him ruling for 53 years. Yeah. So uh, he's credited with uniting all the Median tribes into a single state, conquering yeah, the Persians and the Parthians.
2: Oh, the Parthians yes. too. Uh-huh. It will mm-hmm, be a long mm-hmm.
3: time before they become important. Yeah. But he also had a great relationship with first Esarhaddon and then Ashurbanipal, Mm-hmm. Of course, the Elamites are gone or very, right. very beat up. So they are not a problem. So he is uh, securing his power and the power of the Medes in Iran outside yeah. of Assyrian sort of control.
2: Right. And, and it's sort of as a response to it too, because I mean, if if he was smart, he'd probably saying, you know, like look at these Assyrians—they're kicking everyone's asses. They just destroyed Elam, you know. That's because they weren't really united. You better like get your—we can't be like doing being like this.
3: He will remain loyal to the Assyrians until they start to lose control of the empire, and then, of course, he will join in.
2: As Dan would say, as you would say, "Way to go, Freyordes." <laughs> I love when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk
3: a little about the Scythians. or yeah. Scythians? How do you pronounce
2: it? It, it could go either way. I think Scythians, I say in my head, but it probably is Scythians.
3: So, remember when we introduced the Cimerians? Mm-hmm. They were actually fleeing from the Scythians. Right. Because they are very much alike. They are a horse people of the steppes. Right, and they have been like making small raids into um, the Middle East, but now we we haven't talked about them. They have been a powerful f- thing for a long time, but they have been allied to the Syrians, which is why they they actually married. Let's see, let's let's go deeply into this. They will actually threaten Egypt as well. But as long as Assyria remains strong, the Scythians are bothering the Medes and other people on the periphery. Yeah. But should Assyria lose control, this is a really dangerous people.
2: Yeah. They're Mongols. They're proto-Mongols. There's no other way to put it. They're Huns. They're Mongols. They're, they're all of them, you know?
3: So they, they are first mentioned in 680? By yeah. the Assyrians. Uh, an earlier king, Partatua, <laughs> he decided that raiding the Assyrian Empire was a pretty bad idea and approached Esarhaddon in 672 and asked the hand of Esarhaddon's daughter, Serua Eterat, in marriage. Ah. And Esarhaddon, of course, being Esarhaddon, Question an or oracle about this. <laughs> and we have this question preserved. What is it? Sorry, should I marry my daughter to this crazy barbarian, Partatua? <laughs> and uh, we don't know if the marriage happened. It's not recorded, but uh, it seems that it did because the Scythians were suddenly very friendly with the Assyrians. Uh-huh. And there might also be Assyrian royal blood in the Scythian royal family because
2: of this. And you know, that may be why Dugdami got it too, because maybe the Scythians did get Dugdami.
3: Or maybe they did. They, they seem to have this ability to just sort of ride through to everywhere, yeah. because they will attack Egypt sh- soon, not in the 630s BC. Yeah, I know. I got. F- I hope I find that
2: because I've been trying to figure that out.
3: They are fighting the Thracians They have uh, they are fighting the Medes. And they're, like, everywhere. So yeah, they, they're, they're, like, all over. Yes. They seem to be very mobile.
2: Pff, big time. Just like Mongols. I mean, they can move. But as
3: long as Assyria remains strong, this is not a great concern for the civilized nations. So let's hope Assyria remains strong. It won't remain strong. <laughs> <laughs> Remember,
2: Remember those, those
3: intelligence, intelligence services, too. They are, yeah. like, uh, upgraded Sumerians.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the Huns and the Avers are pushing against I'm sure they were pushing in China the other direction too, or you know?
3: I don't think they are. Not I think the, the Great Steps are too great at this
2: time. They just I'll move. I just listened to a... So I listen I listened to Dan Dan Carlin has a new uh hardcore history of Dendemau, and he, he talks about the, the Great Steps being sorta of like an ocean. Yes. They're either a barrier or a or a highway. Depending on, you know, so if you're one of the steppe tribes, they're a highway. If you're a civilized nation, they're an ocean.
3: Yes, I I heard that episode too. Hardcore history, great podcast. Let's talk about the Persians. Oh. Because soon they will be everywhere, whereas the Parthians will have to wait a long time. Yeah, a couple hundred years, a thousand probably. So, the Persians are around. They claim themselves to be dominated by the Medes at this time. They are ruled by Teispes, uh, who dies in 640 BC. He is the ruler of Anshan, their capital. Oh, yeah. He is a direct ancestor of Cyrus the Great. And uh, he has two sons, confusingly named Cyrus and... (laughs) Aria Ramnes. So Cyrus the first, the son of Teisbes, is the grandfather of Cyrus the Great. I see. Teisbes was actually the guy who took Anshan
2: from the Elamites. Okay. What? Okay. When was that around? Do we know? Sorry? When was that, like year? Was that around that he did that? We don't know when it
3: happened, but it was probably when the Elamites were down for the count.
2: Right. After the Ashurbanipal pulled down the ziggurat and everything.
3: He is um, claiming that he is loyal to the Assyrians and their vassal state. Good plan. Maybe only because the Medes are, and the Medes yeah. are calling the shots in Iran. Yeah.
2: I still think it'd be a good plan at this point. Me, bide your time.
3: Yeah. So the next uh, king of Anshan is Cyrus the First, not Cyrus the Great. Then. He's Cyrus Cyrus the (laughs) OK. Cyrus the the somewhat capable. Uh, In 639 BC, Ashurbanipal claims victory over Elam again. And um, Cyrus is mentioned in in some sort of Assyrian text.
2: Yeah, I kind of remember that.
3: He has to send his son, Aruku, to Assyria to pay tribute to Ashurbanipal
2: that's right that's right that was after the after that great revo- revolution that's when everything just changed so i think for Syrian and Ashurban- like it was that's when all the people started coming in and they you know doing the, those kind of things and you know kissing his feet but well, i think they were wiped out
3: uh, there is mention of someone named Kuras of Parsumas in the Assyrian record. That you kind of assume is Cyrus, mm-hmm. but uh, he seems to be uh, doing important things before the death of Cyrus' father. So it's uh, unclear.
2: Of course. That's the hard part. But I think it's, our fans will go... We'll, we, we, it's good that we're getting like the... Even if we don't have the exact date, we're getting this, what's happening in the period, you know?
3: We can be fairly sure that Cyrus is the ruler of the Persians and that he is around at this time and will be around for quite a
2: long while and wait so you saw so this Cyrus, not Cyrus the great this is Cyrus the okay, and his son his son was sent to to Nineveh right
3: one of his sons yes
2: one of his sons, and that's not the son that became king probably next we don't are we not sure yet. But the point is, I think it's interesting. Cambyses the,
3: the first is the next king, but that's a long time in the future. So this Cyrus guy, Cyrus the okay, will be around for a long time. Gotcha.
2: You see how though the Persians are learning from the Assyrians now. You know, like they're there, they're really learning, and they, you know, pretty much they say to per- this, you know, that the, the Persians just took over the Assyrian, uh, you know, system. When they eventually did. The Babylonians took it, then the Syri- Persians did. So you see they're learning, you know, how to... I mean, the Persia is a small little area and among the vassal state of the Medes, and they become, you know, the Assyrians on steroids.
3: Yes, and it's easy to give the Persians a lot of credit at this time because we know what will happen, but they are a vassal state of a vassal state right, right now. Exactly. So, And of course, they're history is so colored by later events.
2: Yes, people eating each other's ki- children in front of people and stuff like that. And that's a great story. Can't wait till we do it. We're definitely doing that one.
3: Yes, we'll, we'll get back to the Persians for, for a few episodes. At oh later. yeah,
2: I'm not going to be done before that. we get to that one. We're eating people on this podcast.
3: <laughs> Remember our Patreon as well. If you like yes, the podcast, please. consider being a contributor on Patreon.com search for fan of history. Yes. Uh, there issues a sum you donate to us per episode, and if we make an episode we get the money. If we don't make one, we don't get any money. So it's not yes. a monthly thing, it's per episode, but it is charged the month after the month the episode was published. So that's good to know so you don't get confused by that.
2: Yes. Okay. We do appreciate it. Onwards, yeah.
3: closer to the fall of the Empire.
2: Yeah, one more decade closer to the fall of the empire. Thanks, everybody, and thanks, Dan. Thank you, Bernie. See you next time.
0: Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.